Hello, my friends, and welcome to another day's devotion. Today, we are reflecting on Revelation 1, from verse 7 to verse 8. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierce him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Father, bless your words unto our hearts and glorify your name. We pray, O oh God, that Revelation knowledge will become real and evident to your people. And that, O oh God, our hearts will be turned towards you as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In these verses, John continues to set the stage for what can be said to be the most phenomenal insight that we have had in apocalyptic literature, that is, writings about the end time. And what will be perhaps the most, in a matter of fact, the most spectacular event in human history, exceeding the exorbitance of Prince Charles and Diana's weddings, of uh, burials and coronations of royals, not even the spectacles of wars and battles will match the entrance of him who will be seen by every eye. It is remarkable to me how backsliders can ignore that they know he's real. They've seen his power, know his mighty move, but have so seared their conscience that they are willing to go all out in sin, forsaking any kind of chasteness and boundaries in order to indulge lust or pleasure or just to YOLO. There are those who are not backsliders who just do not believe whether because of a claim that they make or just being brazen, a brazen abandon, and those who simply hate God and all those who are God-fearing, just loathing those who claim to be believers. Yet it is remarkable, remarkable, that the ostentatious de declaration that John presents us in these verses challenges us to think about how great that day will be, how impactful it will be. Verse 7 tells us that he will be coming in the clouds. We saw him walk on water. We saw him walk through doors. But on that day, 
when our Lord returns, he is coming in the clouds. It must be something of a masterful, miraculous, amazing, awe-striking view that it will be to see him coming in the clouds. But beyond the majesty that that experience will be, in verse also tells us that every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. What we're seeing here is not baby Jesus in a manger, seen by the innkeeper and by animals and by his earthly guardians, Mary and Joseph, and a couple of shepherds and magi and visitors who came because of what they heard. We're not even seeing a glorious risen Lord walking through walls and ascending into heaven, beheld by a few good men. What we are seeing here is a glorious, unprecedented, most elaborate entry, which whether we're seeing it by cable network reporting, by social media live, or a miraculous envisioning of the piercing of the eastern skies. Every eye shall behold him. Every eye. Every eye. Those who believe and those who don't believe will see him. And if you see him, you can bet that he sees you too. No one can escape, nor can you hide. So get ready. Alpha and Omega is about to split the skies. And if you can't say Maranatha, when you hear this, if you can't say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly, then I have to ask you the question, are you ready? Are you ready for a time when no matter where you turn, it will be evident, it will be most clear that the Lord is here. When he comes, will you rejoice to see him? Or will you cower in fear and mourn? It is no wonder the Bible tells us that people will run to the hills and the mountains and plead for them to hide us when the fullness of the hour, the blatant truth faces us, when it steers us dead in the face, then, right then, we will know it was for real. For some, faith will have produced its substance 
and for others, their required proof would have met its evidence. But for others, for others, it will be agony. It will be guilt. It will be shame as they come face to face with their decision to ignore, to walk away, to live it up a little and not be ready when he comes. You know, like those virgins that Jesus talks about who were being ready for a wedding. The Jewish wedding was one which takes place over several days, culminating with a ceremony of celebration that begins from one village to another, just this great procession, and you join the procession as it comes through your spot. Hallelujah. 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 Can I ask the question, have you joined the, pro the procession or have you left the way because the procession has not yet come down your street? My friend, if you are not there ready and waiting, the procession may come, may pass, and you don't see it. And then when it is time to give an account, it may be too late. The virgins in the story I spoke about ended up at the place where the, the marriage supper was being held, where the wedding reception, as we would have understood it in our time, was being held. But the door was shut up on them and they were not able to enter. It reminds me of Noah building an ark and preaching to people, inviting them to come in. But instead of joining the safety of the ark, they mocked, ridiculed, treated with scant regard the preaching. And in the end, when they were ready to go in, it was too late. It's one thing when your life is suddenly taken away from you. But quite another thing when you stand face to face with that judgment. Quite another thing when you are pleading, you will have time. When you come face to face with reality, facing the music, you have time to realize what's going on and plead and beg. But the voice that you hear is not the voice of the preacher, but the voice of God saying, too late. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Those from the faith camp, when Jesus comes back, will experience relief and worship. While those from the agnostic 
or disbelief camp would stand back in awe and shock. Do not allow this day to catch you unawares, my friend. Be ready. The text tells us that people will mourn because of him. People will mourn because of him. The way that the scripture says it in another place is that there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But he always gives us hope. He always offers us a way through. As it was in the beginning, with all wondrous spectacle and miraculous movements as never seen before. The spirit of the Lord in Genesis 1, the Bible says, moved upon the face of the deep and with thunderous voice, God called for that which was not into being, saying, let there be light. I believe that Alpha and Omega, hallelujah, is saying the same thing today. Let there be light. Light in the dark places of your life. Light to cause that you would see that which is wrong so you may turn to that which is right. Light so that the things that you are hiding will be exposed. So you may come to a realization it's time for change. It's time for change. Who is this Alpha and Omega? It is the God of Genesis 1 who is creatively fashioning the whole earth, making it ready for the cream of his creation. Is Alpha is the one who is breathing into man created by his own hands out of the dust of the ground, saying, come, live. Alpha is the one who is saying, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But the same Alpha is also Omega. Standing on the threshold of that very creation, saying, I will end this, then make all things new. The same one, this omega, crushes that which he has created. And in the words of John, 
creating a new heaven and a new earth. We're not there yet in the text, but that's where it's going. Alpha and Omega is the God of Genesis 1 and the God of Revelation. He controls the beginning and he controls the end. If he is God of the beginning and he is also God of the end, then he is God of the in-between. The in-between is the space in which we live and prepare for the end. Are you ready, my friend? Be ready. Remove the obstacles. Take time to build your faith. Spend time in prayer and in worship. Overcome the challenges. Remove your foot from evil and return to the right way. For no one knows the day nor the hour when our Lord shall return. The hope that he offers to us is today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Instead, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you receive him today? Will you take pause and surrender? We try so hard to clean up our mess, but find that we are going back to the same place. Today, I want to offer you a different kind of cleaner, not, not, not the cleansing that comes by your effort, but the change that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit as you surrender to him. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to him, which is your reason and the service. Father, hear our prayer today. Oh God, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and sin. Forgive us of our foolishness and our turning away. Turn our hearts back to you, O oh God, that we may serve you. That we may be ready for when you return. 